special guest host michael stefano for the eighth and last time let's go around and uh say who we are so we'll start off left to right i'm bobby ross i am a videographer and filmmaker from tulsa oklahoma and i own a company called stoke shed and i said too much my name is evan preparis i'm the owner of strength and speed and the one who did ocr america uh michael stefano special guest host uh host of obstacle running adventures i'm uh jacob stone and uh i was brought along to be the driver and pacer for evan I'm Terry Paparis. I'm Evan's father, and I'm usually uh, part of his pit crew. So let's start off with uh, the interesting man himself. Evan, you, you've, you've done it again. Uh, eighth and final day. What did you think about the course uh, Casey Timber Challenge? It was a lot of fun. I've done the course several times, so I felt good and I felt at home. I'm, I live in Kansas City, so the owners there know me. My name is Jen Scott, and I'm from Olathe, Kansas, and I kind of do everything around here. <laughs> I like the event coordinator. And a lot of the community. I knew Evan a little bit before this. It was all through like Conquer the Gauntlet and things like that that he's done. The OCR community in the area knows me. So it was nice to be, have like that hometown feel. And they do a good job on their winter race. You know, uh, We don't get a lot of winter activities out here. Yeti always comes through for us. Put on a great obstacle course. And Keeping some of the obstacles open and closing them based off of the yeah, obviously the weather, you can't fall into ice off the zip line. That would be bad. Yeah. But then they add some new twists in there, right? Like the last obstacle is you break a car with a sledgehammer, which is always fun. Very, very awesome. Um, so there was a lot of suffering on this trip. What was your favorite day? kind of hard to isolate because i'm sure there's like the mental challenge the physical challenge yeah it's hard to say because there's a lot of ups and downs each day so every day has high points and low points i'd say some of the high points obviously is the ending uh that's just a lot of fun and it was last day and we only did nine miles today so that was much easier on the body and then some other fun days was the uh, other world fitness day just because yeah. there's a lot a lot of group classes going on so we got to see a lot of people and talk to a lot of people and tell them about folds of honor and ocr america uh, the Noob Sanity crew, just interacting with all those people is, is a good time. And then uh, Michelle Warnke's Jam Movement Lab Ohio, uh, Amy Padgett and I were just messing around trying to catch some fun stuff on camera. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of highlights out there. It's tough to isolate. My favorite one, uh, Bobby, do you, do you have a favorite? My absolute favorite part of the trip were the really long runs. I, I loved uh, especially Extreme Ravine because, I mean, you were you were alone in nature all day long. It was an extremely hard trail. The snow was really high. I mean, it was really uncomfortable. There were a lot of stream crossings. My feet were wet the whole time. But throughout the whole thing, I kept thinking to myself, you know what? I've never done anything like this before, and I feel like this is valuable. I feel like this is an important moment. So to me, it was a, it was a huge thing to be able to challenge myself to do something that I I never thought I could do. And it was during Extreme Ravine that I really felt like uh, I was having a, a moment of an epiphany. Yeah. I, can, I can do this. I can take one more step. It's very interesting to hear because what was your, your like longest run before this week? The longest I've ever run at one time was eight miles. Yeah, you beat the crap out of that, right? Yeah. I, my new longest run is 16 miles. That's uh, impressive. And also at Extreme uh, Ravine, you were the one to fall through ice. So still your favorite day. 
repeatedly, yes. It was the most uncomfortable thing uh, I've ever experienced, uh, other than scarlet fever and that one heart attack and that time that I got food poisoning in Honduras and almost died. Those all sucked, but it was also really bad to have my feet wet when it was like uh, in the single digits. That sucked too. That's fair. Uh, all right, Jacob, did you have any favorite moments from the trip? Um, honestly, just the... Uh the camaraderie of, of us all actually getting together and doing the car rides and enjoying doing the walking around all the courses and stuff like that and watching Evan just crush the courses, even at the point where he looked like he was like walking death and he, but he was able to still push through it mentally and everything like that. Yeah. But other than that, as fifth course wise goes, um, I loved Otherworld Gym. Yeah. It was like, as far as to me, like the best put together OCR gym all around. Um, I thought Noob Sanity up there in uh, Binghamton, New York, was probably one of the best uh, permanent courses yeah. as far as because you had the Extreme Ravine and the Mud Gauntlet together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just honestly, just being able to come around and hang out with all you guys yeah. and just come together. It was, it was fantastic. I enjoyed it a lot. Another part of that Noob Sanity experience is the fact that we didn't have to travel day to day. We were there for two days. So the lack of driving was definitely appreciated too, right? Oh, yeah, ex- absolutely, because we got to cook dinner that night. You know, me and Terry went into the store. We were able to make some good dinner for Evan, got up every morning and made a really good breakfast. We weren't eating at a hotel. You know, we actually were able to make our own breakfast and, and dinner there. It was fantastic. Terry, favorite moment? Uh, I enjoyed jumping into the uh, the sponge pit there yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at Michelle Warnicke's gym. It's the closest I got to doing an obstacle all week. I specifically remember we were at, um, I think it was other, other World Fitness, where there was like all these like group exercises going on. You were feeling guilty for not having like, for not doing anything in, in that physical way. Yeah, all, all these elderly ladies who uh, probably outweighed me were doing exercise, and I was sitting there just watching them because I had nothing else to do. But you're important as well. I mean, it's very important to, to have a picker to know like what kind of fluids he'll need what kind of foods he'll need um where his clothes are because uh what we that's had always a ch- that's a, that's the biggest challenge is to figure out all his clothes he's got so many clothes and in, in three different bags inevitably i can never find what he needs and he's very patient with me when it comes to that that's fair and another comment you made earlier was that uh you were a part of ocr america the first one but he said that this was like the best road trip you've done like with guys since your 20s or yes, something? I, I felt I was back in my 20s. It's nice you young guys let, let me tag along and I, I wasn't a, a pain in the ass to you. You, know? you put up with our sense of humor, so that's all we really needed, right? Yes, you know, I really enjoyed it. And Jacob, you, you put in some serious miles. Uh, I was a little worried initially when you're like, oh yeah, I average about seven mile runs and we're like, he's going to burn out. Uh, were you worried about that at all? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm used to being up and and being able to still drive half the night and stuff like that. So I wasn't really worried about the drive afterwards. There was only one night. It was funny because it was actually the shortest drive. It was the only night that I actually even remotely started getting tired in there. And it was only about the last like 30 minutes. And then the next night we drove eight hours and I had zero issues up until, you know, driving in at three o'clock in the morning after being up all day. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Good. Yeah. I was purposely not putting in my early on just to make sure like if something happens worst case scenario like we do have more pacers but you held strong do you have any intention of like maybe thinking more about endurance now that you know that you have a kind of like a knack for it um yeah i mean i i'm doing all the uh, conquer gauntlets uh, continuums this year um I'm, i am including a beast but uh i definitely would like to add in a longer you know like a six to 12 hour race at some point in, in time to try to see what my what i can do now that I've been pacing Evan for a long period of time. 
you know, so I'd like to see what I could do. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely a different type of suffering. There's no redlining, but uh, it's more of a mental battle, which which I appreciate. Uh, now, Evan, h- how did you put this pretty amazing team together? I'd like to say it was all well thought out and planned, and there was a certain amount of planning, but uh, it was a little bit luck and a little bit availability, And um, but it, it really was the perfect team. It really worked like a fine-tuned machine. When we would finish a day, you know, people just get to work, and... We would repeat day in, day out. I mean, we weren't sleeping much. We, we, we made everything happen. And I think it's easy. You look at a lot of other ultra-endurance events that people kind of do for charity or publicity or for kind of the spectacle's sake. And it's like, oh, well, of course they would finish. Of course this would happen. Of course that would happen. But there's so many variables that are just completely unaccounted for. And, you know, some days I woke up and I was like, I don't know if I can run today. Like, my ankle hurts. I'm limping to the bathroom. And I would throw on my compression socks and my compression pants and throw some rock tape on it. And I don't know if that was a placebo effect or if it actually helped, but I, I at least felt good for about half the day before it really started hurting. So I, I would love to add on to this because this impressed me so much was that that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Like we've been out for eight days and every morning you just kind of get up and there's there's no option to quit. You don't even put that on the table. So when, when you get up and you just like walk out the door, I, we don't know what you're thinking. All we know is no matter what today, he's going to be giving everything he has we're going to do it too. And that's that's incredible and something I haven't ever seen before. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that like all throughout, you probably had like silent uh, worries that you never expressed to anyone. Do you care to share any of them? I mean, the big one going in beforehand was the weather. Uh, another big one was I essentially finished World's Toughest Mudder, did 90 miles, and that destroys my body. And then I didn't really do much training. I kind of tapered and recovered and did like one build up and then tapered into this. Bobby's like, how long did you train for this? And I was like, well, I mean, technically three weeks is how long I trained for it. But the re- the real answer is a decade, yeah. Uh, because I'm I'm relying off successive builds over the last decade that built my current fitness, which allows me to do something like do this so close to the end of a major race season. What was the question again? <laughs> did you have any like silent questions? Oh, like worries, concerns? Yeah, my ankle was really bothering me. Uh, I was concerned about that. Yeah, especially the the last three days. When my ankle really started hurting and I'd be I'd be just kind of limping around. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. And, yeah. you know, based off of uh, when it started hurting and when it flared up, in this specific instance, like, I think if we went, tried to go for a ninth day and do another marathon, like, I think I think we'd fall, we'd start falling off pace, right? We were falling off pace already as it was. And we pushed through Saturday night, right? We slept three hours last yeah. night. And I ran, we did 29 miles on Saturday, which is the most number we'd done since day two. Uh, did you guys have any silent concerns going into this whole event? <laughs> Honestly, it was just the weather for driving. Um, for me, being night, uh, most of my driving is going to be at night. And then how much bad weather, because most of these drives were anywhere between four and five and a half hours on average anyways. And if you were to get into a snowstorm or you know some type of traffic jam or something like that, it can extend it yeah. you know, excessively or... Cause you know you could have major wrecks or something like that, or you can't travel at all. Yeah. You know highways being shut down by the state, so that was my only you know major concern was the weather. Yeah. I knew Evan can do it. That's- and then one other one is you're running on uneven terrain. You're tired. You're more apt to make a mistake when you're climbing over obstacles. So there's always a chance. And really, I was concerned more in the first couple of days than I was in the last couple of days of like I fall off an obstacle and blow out my knee, I tear something in my shoulder where it's like, cool, we've done 10 miles. It's like, and now I've wasted everyone's time, money, effort, 
and uh, we made essentially a big spectacle out of nothing. Yeah, so was, that was that would have been personally no, embarrassing. No pressure, but a lot of pressure. Right. Terry, what did you have for concerns? My big my big concern is I know he doesn't quit, so uh, he, he he's never done this in really cold weather. And when we woke up in uh, Binghamton, it was in the single digits. Yep. And I said, I hope he comes in with all his fingers and toes attached. Yeah. That, that was my real concern, that he, he would push. He put, I know he'll push himself to, pay, to be painful and then push him back his mind. But, you know, the body can only take so much punishment. Earlier we were talking about uh, times where pretty sure that the, the direction to take, but Evan usually proves you wrong. Uh, do you care to talk about that a little bit? Oh, I always think his ideas are bad, yet he makes them work. I mean, uh, again, this is a fantastic team. Uh, I I can't believe how he found three guys who are not related to him, who is not obligated to go with him, (laughs) to go on this journey, you know. Uh, Bobby, I know that you and I had a common concern. I want to see if you remember what it was. I can't remember. I wasn't sure if I was going to like you guys. (laughs) Oh. It's a long time spent with people that you don't know if you're going to like them, right? That's true. You know, like when we started, we had been briefed that what was going to happen was that we were going to have a van. So in my head, I was thinking like a 14-passenger van. And then, you know, as we were kind of flying up, we talked about more like a a minivan as sort of a rental. When we finally did uh, land in New York, uh, and we're in Long Island, and we go to the rental car place, what we find out is that it's actually a small SUV. And what large <laughs> SUV. It was a large SUV. Well, <laughs> it didn't feel like as the person in the back, I'm sure. It it felt so small. There's nowhere to go. Uh, and so what you're essentially doing is you're running all day. You're extremely uncomfortable. And then the very next thing that you do is you hop in a car for five to seven hours with a bunch of guys that uh, some of us have never met. And you have to just hope that you don't, you know, hate them is <laughs> if we if we had it would have I, I know that that i would have had a miserable time and i wouldn't have done good work i wouldn't have cared about the story nearly so much i was surprised to find out that i love everybody here and we had an amazing time and uh, a lot of brotherhood it, for me pushing myself even though i did about a quarter of evan's mileage and less than a quarter of the obstacles i was still at the edge of what i could do and i was still able to go on because i didn't want to let any of you guys down uh, because I knew you were all working really hard, and you all we were all looking out for one another the whole time. And that was an amazing experience that I, I wish everyone could have. Because if you think about it, I mean, regardless, if, if we hated each other or if we liked each other, it was still going to be eight days, right? But it would have felt a lot, a lot longer. So I'm very pleasantly pre- pleased that like we've all gone along as well as we have. Yeah. Still not even really sick of you guys yet, which is nice. Kind of almost sad uh, that this is ending. I mean, I'm, I'm ha- yeah. happy to be going back home, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I had that concern of how how well the group would get together. I said, "What three numbskulls is he getting to get, go on this trip with us?" You know, yeah. <laughs> we, they don't know. You know, they're not obligated. They're not you know real close friends. I said, "Well, I guess we'll see. We'll pray for the best." And it, it was even better than the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, same as same as Bobby. You know, you never know who you're gonna meet or how how everybody's uh, personality is gonna intertwine with each other. Yeah. But surprisingly, a lot of our sense of humor. And although uh, a little dark at some points, <laughs> it, it actually messed pretty well. Yeah. And we could joke with everybody and uh, none of us, you know, offended uh, Terry at all. Which, so I was, it was curious how it would work, but it surprisingly worked really, really well. It meshed. So any more like things we want to bring up before we kind of delve into to Casey Timber Challenge? Because I feel like we didn't really talk too much about them. But I, I would just like to say that, you know, when you're doing something as intense as this, this is like almost unfathomable to me, or it was before I did it, right. thinking about somebody doing a challenge like this. When you see it, it's like something on television, and you almost feel like it's not real. Mm-hmm. We were there. Like, every moment of it was real. Evan was struggling through every mile, uh, giving it 100%. And I've 
I think that it's very easy to get into your head when you're you know living your normal day-to-day life. And I think that something like this difficult, a challenge, obstacle course racing of any kind, I mean, it could be your first obstacle course race and you're like, I don't know that I could ever do this. You should try it. You should find a group of people who are committed to pushing themselves and being their best and not settling for less than completion. Uh, and it'll it will change your life. Yeah. Like it's if anybody hasn't tried OCR, if anybody hasn't pushed themselves to that that next distance, or haven't done an eight day road trip with a bunch of strangers <laughs> that you know is going to suck all of your energy and possibly injure you uh, terribly, you you should try it. It's these sorts of things that make life so much fun and so worth living. Oh, he said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, he that, said that's it. yeah. He could have said it. Too good of a. Too good of an answer there. So uh, let's let's go into Casey Timber Challenge. I really liked the obstacles there. Uh, what, what were some of your favorites? You did three laps, right? That's correct. Three laps. The low rig is obviously one of my favorites. Um, it's just long, challenging. It's got a mix of atomic climbing holds and then other uh, kind of random holds throughout there. And their rings essentially go, the way we ran the course today, it goes downhill and around a corner. Yeah. So that's kind of awkward if you're used to the standard, every ring is the same height, same distance apart. You know, I'm just going side to side. So that, that's kind of fun. And then, uh, obviously, the car, like we mentioned. And it's just a fun, beautiful race. The the snow, I mean, there, there are very few winter OCRs. It was a blast. It was a, good, it was a fun little race. I've never done anything in the snow before, so it was a, definitely a change. So um, this one's not competitive, but it's worth coming out to just to... I mean, just to have a good time. I love it. I do this one every year, so it's a fun course. And we had a great time running those three laps. Yeah, Yeah, I've run two laps so far and about to go out with Evan for his third and final lap. Minus when I wasn't, my legs weren't killing me. Besides that. Uh, It's going great. You know, he's keeping a a pretty steady or, you know, an easy pace this time. So it's not too bad, but he's hitting all the obstacles and just tearing it up. I also really liked uh, the buses. There were three or four total buses. It was really cool the way that they utilized... Uh, that and just like steep steep inclines and i was just thinking like oh it just feels like a lot because just the perception of the bus but then i closed my eyes and i'm like oh yeah no this is just a really high incline i always love the vertigo bus just because it's so unique i don't i haven't seen anyone else do that yeah they have like three brushes that essentially crashed into the woods and they they use them you go through them like as an obstacle so it's uh it's pretty intense. If there's a, uh, my book, uh, Modern Guide's Ultimate OCR Bucket List has yeah. a picture of one of them in there. Yeah, I noticed it. That sounded pretty familiar. What else? What did you think about the Casey Timmer Challenge? Yourself being yeah. the fact that you're from the East Coast out in Boston, you know, coming to some of your, you know, Midwest OCR. Yeah. What did you think about it with the snow and stuff? So that's a good question. I was a little worried when you were saying that, like, obviously with states out here, it's more spread out. So to have a local race, it doesn't have the same draw, whereas... Uh, a local race in Massachusetts can easily four hours pull from six, seven different states, uh, whereas here you don't really have that. But I thought they put on an excellent event. I really like the obstacles. Um, interviewing Jen at the end, she was saying how she's always looking for new obstacles to put up, and I like that desire to push. It's not the biggest race. It's not the biggest turnout, but everyone that I talked to uh, seemed to have a good time, and everyone that I saw left with a smile on her face. Uh, they were saying She was saying how there was very few, like, no injuries, which is always great. And she gets a lot of feedback about people that enjoy the course. So I'm very, very happy with how well that went. I would definitely say it's up to like a New England local race standard. Um, the buses were really cool. We have buses with like blizzard blasts and stuff, but they're not down a hill, a crazy, crazy hill like that. Uh, we have some unique obstacles, but 
I felt it was a really good experience. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you guys have something like that here and how there's multiple events in the same location. There's a, a Halloweenish event that they put on. They have one where they run the course forward, one they run the course backwards, because that's a brilliant idea to keep it interesting, but to, to change it up cheap. So I'm very, very glad that you guys have that out here. Um, and I hope more people uh, plan to check that out. Um, I, I would I would like to say I would like to try it next year. Yeah. I don't I don't know how many of the obstacles I'll do, but I would love to walk through the woods and the, the snow. Uh, I ski a bit, mm-hmm. so I'm used to the cold weather. And if you're uh, if you're dressed well and you're prepared, it's it's very invigorating. You get a really uh, you really enjoy. The air is clean and crisp, and uh, so uh, I'm going to try to do this next year if Evans yeah. is going to do it. You know this is recording you, right? Like this I is this that. is like. Yeah, well, you know, I'm go- that, that's why I'll probably regret this when I wake up tomorrow. But uh, I'm going on record that uh, be I was uh, I'm gonna be the Casey Challenge next year. I'll be 73 years old. Let's see if you can uh, beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about. yeah, and I was also telling her like, you know, how many people do you have from like really far away? And she's like, oh, we have some people from Illinois. I'm like, well, I'm from Massachusetts, and now she'll have someone from New York. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy that that they put on such a great event, and they 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 gave you the microphone um, and had you say a few words, which was very nice. We got some good donations. Uh, I think there's one place where we got the most donations, and most appreciated as well. But how about the the public speaking part? How do, how does that go for you? fine I'm, i feel very comfortable public speaking the between the podcast and i used to be in musicals and drama in high school oh, really? so I, i'm comfortable with that and then i've led soldiers in combat so you get in front of a bunch of people with more experience than you and you're like here's the plan we're gonna drive around oh watch out there are bombs out there so you kind of get used to it it, it, does, it really doesn't bother me if i'm i, I typically i mean just like anything i prefer to know in advance if i'm gonna do public yeah, speaking yeah. so i can organize my thoughts and sound more coherent and mm-hmm. clear but, you know, if you put me on the spot, I'll be fine, too. I guess the military life does kind of put things in perspective. Like, the, what the craziest thing you can do in civilian life probably isn't going to put you in the same danger as you are for military life, right? Yeah, probably not. Not without some poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for adding that. Hopefully some of those we could do that tonight. But transitioning into that whole military life. So, Folds of Honor, how do you feel like this has gone fundraising and awareness uh, it's awesome. It's amazing that he keeps going out and doing these huge fundraisers, you know, and keeps finding the uh, the endurance to get out there and re- do stuff like 200 miles in eight days. Um, the fundraising was going a little bit slower than I expected in the beginning. I think people were waiting for me to finish the event, though. So I haven't, and since we finished the event, to be honest, I'm, we've just been exhausted. And I mean, I'm still kind of just riding the emotional uh, high. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been checking Facebook, but I, I did see donations picked up. Good. And I expect them to kind of spike over the next couple of days. I think it's awesome that he's done this. Um, it's a great cause. I'm a big supporter of Folds of Honor, too. And I think we raised awareness and kind of got the word out there a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, we just had a lot of people say a lot of really nice stuff to us. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. He's an, he's an inspiration. I'm a, I'm a true, I'm a, kind of a fanboy. <laughs> yes. Uh, especially... I mean, Bobby made these short videos, and I had the number of people who said they almost cried at the end of no day six. <laughs> yeah. It was day Where day six. Yeah. Yeah. The number of people who said they almost cried at the end of the day six of video was, uh, it was a lot. Yeah. Like I can't count the number of people who messaged me or said it in person, which yes. is kind of cool. And also, if you guys, because most people consume podcasts in the car, if you're listening currently, pull over, watch a video. Uh, they are really, really good. Uh, yeah. Not just. To Tap you on the back, but I, that, that's very high quality editing, and we've all very much enjoyed that. Um, the day after running the event, you would always release the episodes at 7.30, and we would promptly gather around somewhere and watch those, and that was a good, I think that was a good morale boost every single day, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the episode we're talking about is ep- uh, day six at Movement Lab Ohio with Michelle Warnke's gym. And um, you asked a really good question at the end that ca- caught me off guard, and I almost started losing it on camera also. Yeah, th- having the v- videos in the morning was super motivational. Yeah. You know, especially getting moving the first thing in the morning is the hardest thing. You know, like every morning we're like, we're going to start at 8, 8 o'clock or 8.30, whatever we said. And typically we'd start about 15, 20 minutes later because you're yeah. just like, part of you is just dreading it. It's like, all right, you know, once once I once I – take this first step i i have to keep going yeah so you kind of delay it a little bit and um seeing the videos in the morning like consolidated the memories and the progress i'd made before yeah right because we were taking tiny bites out of a 200 mile project um spread out over eight days yeah so you're you're like cool i just did a mile which is less than one percent it is like if you really think about the math it's insignificant so it um you can't really think that way. You just kind of take it one step, one mile at a time. Yep. And really, then you, you take it one day at a time and then really one lap at a time. The old, like the old saying says, uh, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. Yep. So. Yep. so, I mean, as OCR America 2 comes to, the, to a close, I'm sure you already have something planned uh, for next year, which I don't want to know yet. But uh, <coughs> percentage-wise, what are the odds that you will be doing OCR America 3? Zero percent. Zero <laughs> percent. It's on camera. Cool. It's on camera. It's on audio. But this is when you have to add a cliche when pigs fly. When <laughs> I can't say that. That's too political. Um. <laughs> so, I, I like my ultra endurance events to be um, one. It has to be OCR related. So I can't just I can't just go hiking across the country. There's no there's no obstacles there mm-hmm. besides like avoiding getting hit by a car. Um, so I like it ultra OCR related. I like them unique and I like them personally pushing my limits and I don't have a good idea for an OCR America three. So don't email me with me with one. So I don't have to do it. Don't email him. I just winked to the camera, but podcast equipment can't pick that up yet. So, um, I probably should have done this in the other order, but, uh, so what, uh, how much do you believe him, Bobby? I don't think that a person like Evan is, is easy to, uh, to quench. I don't. I don't think that that good enough will ever be good enough. So maybe it's not called OCR America Three, and maybe it's not eight obstacle course marathons in eight days across the country. But there will be something, and whatever it is, I, I'm there. I do know what I'm doing in 2021, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a feeling you wouldn't. It's, so I was playing like hard to get. Like I don't want to know. No, it's it's not it's not as extreme as in long, or it won't be as painful. I did. I did email someone about supporting the event, and their their comment was, "I, I have to go look it up because I wrote it down." Actually, it was something like, uh, "We we strongly advise against that. We don't believe that is that is safe." And it's like, "Yeah, I know. None of the ones I do are safe. Yeah. That's why what? they're that's why they're charity events. That's why it's supposed to raise money." Yeah. You you know what doesn't get attention? Safe things. Yeah. Safe things don't get attention. So, do you believe Evan that he won't be doing some sort of OCR America three? Uh, no, I don't. Um, it may not be in like a year, but his last one was in 2016. So I would expect it to be somewhere around 2024. I'm calling it now. Uh, hopefully I am, uh, added onto that group too. Um, I don't know where it will be at, but, uh, I'm sure it will be fun when he uh, decides to do it again. If we do another one, which we're not, (laughs) but if we did, I would, I would bring the exact same crew. 100%. 100%. Like, I would I adjust the schedule to make sure I had the exact same crew. That's how that's how good the crew worked for this. Yeah. All right. Uh, Terry, so arguably, arguably uh, you know your son better than most. Do you believe him when he says he won't be doing this kind of challenge again? 
I think he probably won't, uh, but there's a chance he will. I mean, what made this uh, nice is that we didn't do the same thing we did four years ago. Yeah. You know, we actually drove less, did more OCR run, uh, OCR work than uh, driving. And we also saw different uh, uh, venues. Yes. So uh, Noob Sanity is the only one we actually repeated. All the others we hadn't done in OCR America 1. So probably not, but I think there's a chance. There's always, I'd say maybe a... 10% chance he'll do something like this. Um, he'll do something just as crazy. <laughs> Maybe not this exact thing, but he's Evan. He's going to do something. He says no. I think yes. You know, at the very least, one more big endurance one like this. It might be further, further down the line, but I think there will be another one, yeah. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't think he can stop. He doesn't know how to stop. Well, you know, it did take him, what, uh, about four years to come around to OCR America 2, so I think that will be a three. It, it may take, you know, six years next time, but I think he'll get around to it. No, he'll do it. <laughs> Hands down, he'll do it. Definitely. Uh, he, he can tell you no all day, but if you get him excited, if you light that fire, he's a lot like myself, and there's a couple of us in this group that really motivate each other to how far can you go? What's the next big thing you can do? Evan might say no now. I bet you next year we're talking him into doing it one more time. I will say, if you go read my autobiography, the number of times I use the phrase, I'll never do this again, it's, it's a lot. And I'm always wrong, but I'm right this time. I feel good. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel confident. Never again. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not the best at math, but OCR America, we've got six states. There's another 44 states out there. Just saying, there's potential... We could talk to Dean Carnassus, you know, <laughs> the, the, we could, so many things we can do. Uh, but all jokes aside, like, I think we're really uh, amazed with the kind of crap that you, you pulled. <laughs> um, uh, that's the that's way to word it, right? So let's, let's just go through and uh, say nice things about Evan. Or they don't have to be nice. I don't care. What do we think about the, the fact that he's, he's completed this un, unscathed, it seems? Uh, we're very fortunate, you know. A lot of things could go wrong, you know, beyond our control. And you know, we had some, we had some, a little bit of bad weather, but nothing terrible. And uh, I always thought he could do it. I wasn't sure I could do it. I mean, I never knew riding in a car could be so tiring after having only three hours sleep. Yeah, man, it adds up. Um, I'm just amazed that he he made it through as, you know, with relatively un like not broken. You know, not didn't hurt himself anything major. I mean, he's got some sore muscles and stuff like that. But, I mean, ultimately, he made it through unscathed. I mean, he didn't rip his hands on. I mean, he did over, like, probably 1,300 obstacles on top of the 200 miles of running. And his hands are relatively, you know, unscathed. I mean, it's pretty impressive that he did it. Um, his body is relatively unscathed. Like I said, it's just, a, you know, his ankle hurts. But, I mean... That's not, it's still impressive out of eight days and 200 miles. He, he's pretty in good shape at, as, you know, for what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say that I think a lot of people are very good at making excuses about why they don't do things that are difficult. I think that it would be nice is kind of a toxic statement. I think that often we have very good ways of talking ourselves out of doing things that we think are just for other people. Like, oh, well, you're lucky you're a good runner, or you're lucky that you like to ride in a car, or you're lucky you're skinny, or, well, it's just because you were in the army and you trained. But all of those are excuses. None of none of those are actually valid because I can, I mean, I don't know, I didn't really ask you, but I'm fairly certain, Evan, that there were a lot of times where you did not want to be running. 
Like what? <laughs> Maybe on a treadmill. Oh, like several hours a day. Right now, I was only out there. I mean, depending on the day, somewhere between six and twelve hours. So, I mean, yeah, there was there's large portions where you're. It's like you know, I'm regretting my decision in the moment, but un- understanding there's a bigger pr- purpose and a bigger goal, and you know, nothing worth having comes easy. So, you kind of again, you push through it and push it to the back of your mind. And what he did is challenge. I don't think I could ever do in my lifetime. Like. And then just the reasons for that, that he's doing that challenge, they're phenomenal reasons. Like, I can't think of any other reason to beat the crap out of your body like that. The number of highs uh, eventually outweighs the lows, when you, especially when you add in the ending and that feeling of, like, actually finishing. So, yeah. I think he's crazy. <laughs> I think it's awesome, though. It's a great cause, and I hope that, you know, he gets a bunch of donations. And I, I can't believe he did it. I'm, like, happy for him that he's done now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that you did this. I think anyone that has... I mean, I've done World's Toughest Matter twice, and I know that you learn things about yourself and... I certainly get into dark places. You say that you you don't, which is admirable. I certainly do. But you just learn lots of things about yourself and you learn that you can push through at all times. And and I know that your military background definitely helped you because I I know that I was pretty sure that you you had some certain philosophy. I wish I remember the quote directly, but about like how something about quitting and how basically it's just not an option. And I think that's really what carried you through. And I'm, 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 I'm not surprised, but I'm more just happy that you're not hurt because anything crazy could have happened, especially in Extreme Ravine or playing on those ninja obstacles. Uh, pretty glad that you avoided the warp wall, you know? just Yeah, you know, the I, the philosophy comes from military, right? There's no quitting in combat. You can't you can't be like, oh, it's too hot today. Stop shooting at me. Let's take a breather. We'll go back home. And you're like, ah, it's not really an option. You know, the, the enemy has a vote and... You know, especially you know when we were working like quick reaction force, essentially you wait for the enemy to do something. You wait for someone to need help, so you stand by with the radio. And some, but but they don't they don't just leave you there because that would be a waste of resources. So a lot of times you go out on a mission, but it's usually a shorter one. You come back, and then sometimes you get a call in the middle of the night, and sometimes you're up, you get another call in the middle of the night, and you're up for 24 hours. And it's just not, it's just simply not an option. You can't you can't bow out whenever you want. You know the movie examples of it, which are based on real events, is Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Um, so their their vehicles they've been battling for 24 hours and their vehicles leave them so they run out of the city because they have no other choice yeah. and then the uh, the other the famous one I would say from SEALs and the Bin Laden raid right like one of the helicopters crashes and they're in Pakistan in a country they're not supposed to be into right like you don't have an option there's no oh I, I, let's just, let's redo so um, it's just it's just a mentality that uh, a lot of the guys I work with have and when you're surrounded by people like that it's like it becomes the norm. Like I get, I get weirded out when I, when other people don't have that mentality. It's, it's like abnormal to me. Yeah. Um, it's very a lot of A type personalities I work with, and uh, people who don't understand know or don't understand like something can't be done. Yeah. Because there's always a solution. And realistically, there was a lot of days this week where we had to wake up and be like, all right, well, what's the solution that I just haven't thought about yet? Yep. Uh, like the treadmill that you know, I was coming back early to use the treadmill. Or the Michelle Warnke day, it was supposed to be raining all day, and we were going to be, you know, schlepping water in and out of her gym. And we didn't know if she'd want that, but luckily it wasn't raining bad enough, so yeah. we were allowed to still go outside and come back in and basically just change shoes to avoid dragging water throughout her gym. So any final thoughts about the event, and, and, and why did we, why were we stupid enough to join them? 
I have no choice. I'm a blood relative. <laughs> That's about it. And uh, to tell you the truth, it's, it's very nice to share this with with your your son. You know, a, a lot of uh, guys my age are sitting on the couch, you know, checking their pension statement and taking their prescription drugs, you know, for high blood pressure and things like that. And I get to have fun as if I was a, a man uh, 20 years or younger. So yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, I just... When Evan messaged me, you know, about a month ago and said, hey, you want to do this? I remember back in 2016, him doing it and seeing the videos. And I was like, hell yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. I'll absolutely do it and help you out. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I can't explain it any more than that. It just, it was, there was no way I was not yeah. when he asked. I just, it was just the logistics of trying to figure out how to get off work mm -hmm. and make it all work with my schedule, you know, since it was such a fast event. I mean, it was like. December 20th, he was like, hey, in less than four weeks, you want to take a week off of work and enjoy me on an eight-day crusade through America doing eight marathons a day? And by the way, I need you to drive all night long to make me sure I get to the event too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let me figure that one out. Yeah, right? And so um, he gave me about a uh, about two weeks to, to work it all out, and I was able to do it. And yeah, uh, best decision yeah. ever. Yeah. I started... And I came along because I wanted to have an adventure. By day three, it wasn't an adventure anymore. I was just tired and sore. But by day four, I was doing it because I consider Evan a friend and I want to be I want to be more like him. Yeah. I want to be, I don't know. Crazy stuff with awesome people. Yeah. I, I tagged along um, also because I, I wanted an adventure. The off season hits me hard. Those kind of like, you know, it's seasonal issues that come up when you're not racing and seeing awesome people. Um, also, I figured I'm, I'm never going to be fast or strong enough to be on a show as a guest so i'm like hey i'll host it so here i am guys yeah. <laughs> anything's possible um, but no just very grateful that like he thought of us and, and and you keep saying like oh man this is an awesome group awesome group but you put together an awesome group man like you should be, you should be really proud and and you probably could have done a fair amount of this alone but i i really hope that we did enough as a team to bolster and and, and make sure that this was done right and uh, I, I hope uh, donations continue to roll in because like this fundraiser is not going to be done for another month, and I'm certainly not done with this yet. I'm done with the podcast, but uh, I, I plan to to do something on my my own channel and to continue like pushing this fundraiser. But uh, it's not over yet, you know. Yeah, one of the if you read my book, you 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 might have heard me say this or read me had me read it, whatever whatever the phrase is. But you know, there's a phrase that people are always like, "I couldn't have done this without you," and I think it's overused, and I don't like it because it's not true most of the time. It, most of the time, people mean. I wouldn't want to do this without you. Yeah. And um, for this, I could not have done this without this crew, period, right? Like, it just doesn't happen. I can't, I physically can't drive that far, right? Like, and, and run. I can't take care of, I mean, all, like, tiny things, right? Like, packing bags. And you're like, well, that, that that's not a big deal. Like, it is when you run a marathon that day and you can't walk, right? Like, that's a big deal, driving, producing the episodes, producing the videos, getting the, the word out there. We had guys come up to us today that were like, I've been following your journey along for the last seven days, yeah. and it's awesome that you're here. It's awesome to meet you. And I was like, well, you know, Bobby's the one that made these videos. He's like, I'm just running. He, <laughs> he's taking eight, 10 hours of footage and content and condensing it down to three minutes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, you know, the fueling, right? Like me having to like mix and create all my own fuels, just, this is not possible, right? Like I, I, you can't do all that stuff. So bottom line, I couldn't have done this without this crew, yeah. period. And uh, another 
group of people that you can do it without all the people that supported us. My name is Daniel Leonard uh, from Oklahoma City and just came out to help pay seven during this uh, OCR America 2. Chris Fastenisi, Blue Springs, Missouri. My name is Calvin Tran. I'm from Overland Park, Kansas. Jenny Overstreet. I'm from Olathe, Kansas. Joe Green. I'm out of Blue Springs, Missouri. My name is Ian Pereira from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Austin McQuilkin from Wichita, Kansas. Whether backside support, uh, helping pay for our lodging, like being able to stay in hotels, our food, of which we ate a lot, just not very good choices. Um, and just the people that, that donated to such a great uh, cause. I love what Evan does. Uh, I'm an honorably discharged individual myself, and the fact that everything he does goes back to the service and the families of the service members is fantastic. Uh, Evan's doing a great thing, and I, I can't wait to be more involved in the stuff that he does. Uh, what, what do you want to say to those people? Uh, just a big thank you. You know, again, I think the Folds of Honor mission is just very noble and very important, and I think it hits home again when you see uh, military with family members and, uh, all my, all my deployments minus one, I didn't have children. My last one, I still had children, but you know, it definitely, it changes your perspective. And I give, uh, the, my peers that were deploying all the time going to combat when they did have children, uh, I give them a lot of credit, um, because you can't get those moments back, right? Like I went on my first deployment, the only deployment when I had my daughter, I went she, her first year of life. I was gone for six months and I came back and she wouldn't let me hold her. Wouldn't let me hold her, you know. She's she she didn't know who I was anymore, and you can't you can't get that moment back. So you gotta you gotta work your way back in. So, um, and I was only I was only gone for six months, so that's not a big deal. In the long run, it'll 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 even out. But the uh, the guys who go over there and don't come back, that's uh, yeah, it's terrible. So we do the best we can, and I think um, besides doing stuff like this, raising money for like scholarship and stuff like that, where it helps them out directly, I think the other ways you just live your life as full as possible, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, my college roommate died and I feel pressure to live fully because I think it honors him. And then one more time, where can people support it? I'll, I'll put this in the show description, but for people that are still driving and, and where will this link be posted that they can continue to support this fundraiser? Uh, you can check my, my Facebook page or Strength and Speed Facebook page and you'll see the link up there. Uh, it's called uh, OCR America 2 for Folds of Honor. And uh, you'll you'll see it there, and then also on the Team Strength Speed website. That one you have to dig a little bit for. You have to. It's under OCR Challenges under OCR America too. And if you want to see all the other uh, crazy nonsense, fun, crazy challenges I've done in the past, you can scroll through uh, that OCR Challenges tab of the website or my book. Uh, I wrote them all down and kind of went through my personal experience, kind of day by day type stuff. So it was interesting having to kind of relive a lot of it uh, in a different way. But it was, I learned a lot for the first time. And uh, yeah, the second time out, I, it couldn't have come out better, to be honest with you. Um, which is why I waited to do this one for a while. Uh, weather being a big a big factor. Because, I mean, this is just the snow. Like, you're trudging through the snow. You're not going to cover a lot of miles, period. And your feet are wet. And you might have to stop because so you don't get hypothermia. I mean, I was at day five. Or, I busted through the ice. I mean, we've been outside for two minutes. And I busted through the ice. And I'm thigh deep in water. And it's 25 degrees out, right? You're like, well, but you keep moving and you warm up and try not to fall in the water again. So, and you did it. Congrats. No, thank you. Uh, it's almost surreal. And uh, like we said earlier, you know, part of me is sad that it's coming to an end. Um, I'm not sad that I don't have to run tomorrow. <laughs> there's not even there's not even iota of me being sad about that. It's just the kind of the bond we created over the last week and the experience of just um, 
at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. You know, when I finished running, I'd get back in the car and I'd enjoy those uh, couple hours before I had to start again. So it was, it's a nice break. It's more than you can actually just imagine just kind of doing. Uh, and he actually goes through and does it. So it just takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, it's hard to really fathom the, the, the amount of energy that's ex exerted.